It's time for Fat Dude Digs Flicks with your host, Andy the Fat Dude. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Fat Dude Digs Flicks. This is a regular all-new episode of Fat Dude Digs Flicks. Not a special episode. Not not one from the archives of, uh, like, six months ago? No, this is, this is now. This is the present tense. We are here, and we are ready to do this. This is your resident fat dude, Andy, coming to you recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, I just got off a shift at, shift at work, and I've decided I'm going to record this right now, because why, why not? Why not? Uh, so yeah, I'm just going to talk about a few things really quick. I'm going to try and sidestep uh, any kind of movie pass discussion in this episode, um, because they suck. <laughs> uh, I, uh, well, I, I went ahead and, you know what, why did I say I'm not going to do it and then I'm actually going to talk about it? Anyway, I went ahead and decided to re-up my subscription for another month just to see how this new policy of three movies every month from their limited supply of movies every day goes. So living here in South Dakota, I basically get a choice of two movies every day. Uh, And if a movie that I want to see is not featured on that day, then I'm shit out of luck. Or if a movie that I really want to see is featured on a day where I can't go, I am also shit out of luck. So, right now, Movie Pass is just, you know, screwing up left and right still. So, if you're expecting some kind of improvement from Movie Pass, you ain't getting it yet. So, we will, uh, I'll, I'll keep you updated on my thoughts and feelings on Movie Pass, even when I say I'm not going to. Uh, just because there's probably a whoosh in the background because I'm hot right now. Like I am dripping sweat. I don't think anybody cares to hear that, but life is gross right now. Uh, so I have the air conditioning on full blast. I should probably turn it down a notch once I get cooled down. Uh, but mornings are hectic at work. Uh, and I was running around, uh, just like a chicken with its head cut off. Uh, sorry, vegans for that reference. Um, but yeah, so I'm a little sweaty, but I just wanted to sit here and talk about a few movies that I've had the pleasure or the, uh, of seeing lately. Um, we'll start off with the big, uh, which was Christopher Robin. Uh, Christopher Robin is kind of a, a poo, Winnie the Pooh and his friends cross over to our world instead of Christopher Robin crossing over to the Hundred Acre Wood. But now Christopher Robin is a 40-something banker uh, who's pretty depressed about life. He could be in his 30s. He may not be 40-something. However old Ewan McGregor is, that that's how old Christopher Robin is. Uh, he kind of, kind of just lives a humdrum existence uh, where he puts work first and has kind of forgotten how to play and have fun. Well, Winnie the Pooh crosses over uh, to try and rescue, uh, try to rescue Christopher Robin uh, from adulthood. This is basically Winnie the Pooh's version of Hook, uh, 
everything with Winnie the Pooh and the puppets, the CGI characters. I don't know what if they're CGI or if they were puppets. Uh, but anything with the Winnie the Pooh animal characters works really well. They're just, they're, they're so great. I'm a big Winnie the Pooh fan, so anytime I get a chance to see those characters, there's a, 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 the child in me really lights up. Uh, but everything with Ewan McGregor and just kind of the human storyline, oh, it, was, it was kind of exhausting to watch. And just not something I was really invested in. I don't know what what they did wrong. Maybe it was because it was so melancholy. But even movies like that where they go the melancholy route. Uh, like Where the Wild Things Are. That's a very melancholy motion picture. And it was still interesting. But this one, for some reason, just didn't quite grip me as much as I had hoped it would. Uh, I went ahead and my, my, my rating for Christopher Robin is two and a half tacos. That's where I'm at on it. I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it by any means. Uh, but I didn't think it was great. For me, I seem to typically err on the positive side. Like, if I'm, if I'm kind of mixed on something and I don't want to give it a negative review, I'll usually go a half taco higher than I probably should. Um, and that's, that's the case with this one. I think I originally gave Christopher Robin three tacos, but I went ahead and said, nah, I'm going to lower that. So it's at two and a half tacos right now. So two and a half tacos for Christopher Robin. Uh, and that's usually my average kind of like, oh, this, you know, it was a movie uh, rating. Uh, so we'll move on from Christopher Robin. We're going to kind of go up the taco scale as we go along. Uh, we'll start at low, which was Christopher Robin. I was going to go in chronological order as to when I saw these movies, but you don't care. I mean, if these were actually coming out on time, maybe it would make a difference. But let's just talk about how I, how I feel about these movies and give them a placement uh, according to where I rank them. So the next movie I saw is the uh, three and a half taco uh, rated Summer of 84. Uh, Summer of 84 is an indie horror comedy suspense thriller. I would say it's lighter on the comedy than anything else. Uh, and it's about these kids growing up in... Oh, shit. I forgot. I want to say I, Idaho. Some small town. Uh, some suburban town. And um, these kids are growing up, and their next-door neighbor, one of them feels like his next-door neighbor, uh, who is a police officer, is also a serial serial killer uh, responsible for the um, disappearance of several local teenagers. Um, and I don't want to give anything away about anything extra away about this movie. Um, overall, the movie itself was okay. It was, it was entertaining. It wasn't anything super special. Some of the dialogue felt a little forced. Um, and some of the early character relationships and just kind of, I guess, maybe the character types felt forced. But as you kind of roll along with it as the movie goes along, you kind of get into that stride of where the movie is coming from. And it is certainly a throwback to the 1980s, uh, those kind of like buddy movies of a group of friends doing stuff. And so, you know, the, the different kind, 
the different clique kind of kid is represented in this one group. They have the, the, the fat kid, the nerd, the, the kind of badass. And I don't know what you would call the main kid. I don't know what he is. Just kind of the, the weirdo. But, yeah, there's these, this group mixture of kids uh, who are friends. They suspect the cop of being a serial killer. So as the movie goes along, it gets so much better. And then once it gets to the ending, oh my god, I my jaw dropped. And I was just super excited about the way they decided to end this movie. Uh, Summer 84, for me, was worth it just, I mean, for the ending alone. I, I thought it had a really great buildup, and once it got to the ending, it just, it, it did something new. And I think because it did something new, it felt fresh, and it felt like a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, three and a half tacos for Summer of, 80, summer of 84. <laughs> we had a special screening of it here, uh, where there were two showings of it, brought in by an independent film uh, like club kind of thing. And then two days later, it was available on iTunes for sale and for rental. So, you know, the experience of giving money... To, to sit on a bar stool and watch a movie on a little projector screen was worth... I, w- I probably would have rather sat at home and watched it on the couch with my girlfriend for five bucks. But, you know, w- whatever. The next movie I go see for that group will be worth it because it's not playing here at all yet. Uh, and that will be The Miseducation of Cameron Post, uh, which will be here on Thursday evening. So I will do a review of that. Miseducation of Cameron Post was the uh, Grand Jury Prize winner at the Sundance Film Festival. A lot of good buzz for that. Uh, and they are actually pursuing an Oscar campaign for Chloe Grace Moretz. So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, so we got to move up the taco scale ladder. And the next movie is a four taco. Uh, the big romantic comedy uh, that has come out came out a couple weeks ago that I found to be absolutely delightful uh, just a wonderful movie uh, and that would be Crazy Rich Asians it was a, a beautiful story really funny movie a great love story and the fact that it showed a culture outside of a bunch of white people falling in love hey alright representation matters um, yeah, it was just super charming, really well written, and really well acted. This was a great cast. And it's nice to see a movie with different people represented. Uh, like, there are people that don't get to go to movies and see themselves up on screen in roles that are not typecast, not typical, not your stereotypical characters, these broad characters. These are just regular people. Like, there's someone from every every kind of character represented on screen, and this time by either an American, an Asian American actor or an Asian actor. And it's just wonderful. It was so great. Um, you know, I, I think as far as the storyline goes, maybe it's a little typical. It's a little, you know, it's a romantic comedy. So there's not really much you can do. But I feel like the way it was told and with the voices uh, that, that it was told with, with the, the, through a different lens, I think that's what made it so successful. Uh, and so I really, I strongly recommend to anyone who has not seen it yet, go out of your way 
to go see Crazy Rich Asians. It is wonderful. And because it did so well in its first weekend, they're already talking about a sequel. This is part of a book trilogy, so maybe they'll make a film trilogy. Um, you know, good, good, because I would like to see more of these characters. I think these characters are, are a lot of fun. And it'll be fun to continue the story. Yeah, there are some storylines that aren't quite tied up. But maybe that's because they were kind of pushing towards more movies. Um, But, yeah, overall, I really had a great time seeing Crazy Rich Asians. So I would strongly recommend that one to everybody. Uh, Go out, go see it right now. And then the last movie that I'm going to talk about... uh, Yeah. Yeah, this is the last movie I'm going to talk about, but then I'll talk about something else really quickly afterwards. Uh, The last movie I'll talk about is Black Klansman, the latest movie from Spike Lee. Um, Spike Lee is never really subtle uh, as far as his filmmaking goes. He kind of hits that message right over the head for you. And that certainly is the case here, but the thing is, is that he does a really great job of trying to tell this story. Uh, It's something that is timely. It's something that matters just as much now as it did during the setting of this film. Uh, It deals with a a, a black undercover detective who infiltrates the Ku Klux Klan and when he he does it over the phone and when he needs to meet with them, he has his uh, white partner uh, be the physical counterpart that actually goes to meetings and stuff to kind of infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan. Now, the film says it's based off of a true story. And from this, the sound of things is that it takes the idea and then kind of fabricates the rest of it. And uh, according to Boots Riley, the, um, the director, writer-director of Sorry to Bother You, who kind of called out Spike Lee for, you know how this story was told and, and different things like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a true story. It's, it's quite the opposite. And in that case, you know, that, that's the reality of the situation isn't great, but I think that for, for me and being a fan of Spike Lee over the years, he is a filmmaker, filmmaker who doesn't shy away from saying what's on his mind. And he's not one that's, you know, going to hold back or going to believe, believe or, or try and sell an idea that he thinks is false. We'll put it that way. Um, I feel like his perspective on this matters. It should be re- noted that maybe his perspective is not the only perspective. Uh, I think that's important, uh, but I feel like this film is a good starting point. I feel like there's a lot here that is important, and it, it's something that, 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 like I said, definitely matters and should start a national conversation where we continue to address, you know, the repercussions of racism and how dangerous uh, white nationalism is and how dangerous white supremacy is, um, I think we need to, you know, really address that because I, I'm not, I don't use this, this forum for politics, but, eh, things, things these days 
you can say a lot more hateful shit than you used to and feel comfortable about it. You could always say stuff, but right now, it it's not as poo-pooed as it once was. And that's something that needs to change. So I won't, like, dig deep on the politic front, but I think me saying that isn't really anything that's kind of something you can really disagree about. I mean... People get called Nazis, and it's, I don't know, you know, I won't go deep on it, but if you know me, you know where I lean, and that's way left, so I'm 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 a blue guy, but I think we need to talk, have a, have a, have start a conversation for everybody that deals with racism and how dangerous uh, white supremacist groups are and how that that notion of ignorance and prejudice and how all of that is so harmful and there's a documentary right now on Netflix that I can't remember what it's called but it's it's like an hour long documentary with this woman from uh Oh, now I don't know where, where she's from, but I believe she's of Middle Eastern descent. And she infiltrates, she comes to America, and she reports, uh, she goes inside these white supremacy groups and talks to people and tries to get their perspective on things. And it's just kind of a, it's a matter of ignorance over anything else. And because they have not, they've, they've only been exposed to these hateful viewpoints. They have not been exposed to actual people and live next to them. And over the course of getting to know her, she challenges their beliefs. And it really does a number on them that many of them, after meeting with her, have distanced themselves from these groups. And I think that's saying something. I know it won't work for everyone. Because some hatred runs really deeply. But, again, it's a good starting point. So I want to say one more time that I think Black Klansmen is important because it starts a conversation. And I think it's told in such a way that's really effective. I think Adam Driver and John David Washington... Oh, shit. Denzel Washington's son. uh, I think they're both fantastic in this movie. Uh, And they have really great chemistry together. So... Check that one out. Black Klansman, I give that one four tacos as well. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up here because I'm getting close to 20 minutes. But I do want to talk really quick about what I've done this August. Uh, I've been treating my August as uh, hashtag August Unseen or hashtag The Unseen. I've been trying to watch movies that are on my blind spot list. Some classics that I haven't seen before. Uh, some movies that I've just missed just various movies that I haven't seen before. And yes, I've been trying to do that all year, where I only review, for the most part, movies that I haven't watched, unless I decide to do a rewatch of it. But I think August, specifically, I've been trying to go through my collection and see see movies that I own, or see movies that I've put off for a very long time, um, so that I can just cross them off my list. And I think what I'm going to do for the rest of the year, at least for September, is I'm going to go through my movies that I own, that I haven't watched, and try and continue this trend. But it's been really fun going through these listing of movies that I've wanted to see and haven't seen, because my instincts are right a lot of the time. Like, 
there are movies that I want to see, and I, I should have seen them much sooner. Uh, that I think the way I said that was wrong, because if my instincts were right on waiting, maybe I shouldn't have seen them. Anyway, so these movies that I really wanted to see, or I've put on a list to see, I'm glad that I'm finally getting a chance to see them, because there are some really great stuff. I finally saw Locke, uh, starring Tom Hardy, uh, where he is in a car driving for an hour and a half, and it's basically an hour and a half long phone conversation. Uh, that's a really wonderful movie, uh, really, really great, uh, and it's amazing how much he can do just by himself. I mean, you hear the other voice over the phone, but it's, it's Tom Hardy's movie, and I give Tom Hardy a lot of shit because he he does a lot of weird things with his voice in his movies. He has his face covered, and it just it, it, it robs him of really being able to, to see what he can do. But this close-up of his face for an hour and a half uh, with him on a car trip, it's really good. Um, what else did I see this month? Did I see... I don't remember if I saw In the Heat of the Night this month or last month. Um, but In the Heat of the Night is a classic that I've missed and I've been putting it off for years. And I finally got to watch it and it is wonderful. It is... Uh, there are very few movies that I see once and I instantly put them in the Golden Avocado range. Well, that one is definitely a Golden Avocado. It is an excellent movie. Just really hard-hitting. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun doing August Unseen. I'm going to keep it up with The Unseen, hashtag, hashtag The Unseen, and uh, try and watch the rest of these movies that are on these lists. I know I'm not going to get through all of them because it's about, like, it's like 600 movies, <laughs> movies over the course of these, like, four or five lists. So that's kind of impossible. But I'm going to try and watch as many of them as I can. Uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode of Fat Dude Dig Slicks. You know where to find me on social media. Please do that. Um, I'm trying to, like, thin this part down because somebody <laughs> has complained about it. And like, well, I don't like that. I don't like that part. And we had a nice chat. You know, everything else I love, but, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know where I'm at on social media. You know what to do. Uh, yeah, and and you're listening to this podcast, so hopefully you've already subscribed and all that stuff. But yeah, thatdudeinslicks at gmail.com if you want to email me with any questions, comments, uh, recommendations. If you want to throw a gift card my way uh, with a recommendation for either something streaming or something in theaters that you're like, hey, you should go see... Uh, what's something shitty playing right now? You should go see The Meg. Go see The Meg, and I will do it. If you give me some money, I will go see The Meg, and I will podcast it. May even do a video on it. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of Fat Dude Dig Slicks. Do the social media thing, and have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.